Welcome to June and welcome to this slightly delayed episode of Brailcast Extra. My name is Matthew Horsepool. I hope you enjoyed the May bank holiday. This time we're going to be bringing you the second in the series Braille Music Let's Tackle the Basics, which was recorded yesterday, Monday the 31st of May 2021, presented on Clubhouse by Stuart Lawler and Roisin Dermody. In this session we're going to talk about rests, clef signs, octave signs and interval signs. And we'll turn it over now to Stuart Lawler. Okay, so uh, let's start off talking about rests. Rests, of course, are important in music because they will denote um, a period of silence in a composition. And um, just as there are quavers, crotchets, minims, and semi-briefs, as we talked about last time in Braille music, there are rests for each of those note values as well. So if you need to denote a quaver rest, you press, uh, you use the um, one, three, four, and six, which will be the letter X if people prefer to think of it like that. So that's a quaver rest. Uh, a crotchet rest is one, two, three, and six. That's one, two, three, and six. Uh, a minimum rest is dots one, three, and six. And a semi-brief rest is dots one, three, and four. Oh, sorry, Stuart. Are you able to say the letters that they relate to? Oh, sorry, I should, sorry, yes, not apologies. Very translating. Yeah, apologies. I should have done that. So quaver rest is the letter X, which is dots one, three, four, and six. A crotchet rest is the letter V, one, two, three, and six. Um, a minimum rest is the letter U, one, three, and six. And a semi-brief rest is the letter M. Obviously, if there's a dotted rest, so if you have, say, a dotted minimum rest, you would have um, a dot three after after the sign for the rest. So, or maybe, say, a dotted crotchet rest would be dots one, two, three, six, followed by dot three. And a minimum rest would be dots one, three, six, followed by dot three. So we mentioned that the last time. If you have a, um, a dot three, um, immediately after a note, or in this case, a rest, that means that it is a dotted. Okay, so I'm going to move on to, if everyone's happy with that, I'm going to move on to clef signs. I just want to make a couple of comments about clef signs before I talk about them. I didn't actually, as a music student, and when I was learning Braille music, we did not do clef signs, and that was partly because uh, we all, when I was learning Braille music in school, we were all learning piano, and clefs, if you learn piano and if you learn braille music as a piano player, you never encounter clefs. Um, okay. But obviously, if you're not using piano and if we're trying to be, um, I guess, to cover all, all um, areas here, we should look at clef signs on their own. So the, the clef signs we're going to look at here is the G clef, which is the treble clef, which I guess I would consider the, the right hand, uh, but we will come back to talk about hand signs later on. And that's uh, dots three, four, six, which is the AR contraction, followed by dots three and four, which is um, ST, followed by dots one, two, three, which is L. So dots three, four, six, followed by three, four, followed by one, two, three, is the treble or G clef. Okay, so if you were to see a piece of music, you would have the clef sign, first of all, 
with dots, um, in this case, dots three, four, six, sorry, dots three, four, five, followed by dot three, four, followed by dot one, two, three, followed then by um, an octave sign, and we'll talk about octave signs shortly, and then the note. It would look something like that. Um, then uh, the bass clef, or in music, the F clef, is dots three, four, five, um, followed by dots three, four, five, six, followed by dot one, two, three. So um, that's uh, dots three, four, five, um, AR sign, followed by the number sign, three, uh, three, four, five, six, followed by dots one, two, three, which is the L, uh, the letter L. So if you see clefs, and I don't know, I've, I've read a lot of piano music, so I've been always reading hand signs, but I know for students lately doing examinations, these clef signs came up a couple of years ago and caused a huge amount of confusion. And we really started teaching people how to read these in the last couple of years. So I think they are important. And I suppose if we're operating or we're collaborating with, uh, with sighted musicians, um, in as much as we would like them to be able to speak in terms of um, octave signs and hand signs, we probably need to be able to have some understanding of the clefts as well. So I suppose they are important in that respect. Okay. Any questions on clef signs? Yeah, I've got one, Stuart. It's Rachel, yes. by the way. Hiya, Rachel. How <laughs> um, are you? Hiya. I'm all right. Thank you. Um, when I was learning, it's interesting you say the clefts there, the um, G clef and the F clef. I yes. was told a totally different sign when I was learning in 1990, I think it was 1997. Ah, um, I wonder were you on the pre-97 Braille manual, international oh, manual? Oh, right. I must have been so because some, I was some... told, for example, the G clef was um, 345 or AR contraction, lower G followed by L. And then the bass clef was 345 followed by lower S followed by L. Uh, so, so I think these were amended in the uh, 97 uh, New oh. International Manual of Braille Music. So why didn't my tutor tell me tell me the change then, <laughs> I wonder? Because, um, I mean, I left college in 2000, so surely she would have used yeah. the new ones. Should have been, then, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I've seen it done both ways. And the right. the, the format, I mean, look, Stuart is quite right. We, we tend to use them when we're studying music theory alongside sighted people mm -hmm. and, and basically mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. never yeah. at any other time. So it's kind I mean, of irrelevant. I play the flute, so... Yeah. I, yeah, well, then yeah. it would be, would be more relevant for that. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I can tell you that the, the new clef signs uh, seem to be based on the line on which the the clef is in the print and the interval sign so the st sign is a second and the yes. and the, the g is on the second line of the stave and i don't think that's coincidental i think that's deliberate but i don't know i, I couldn't tell you any more than that um other than it's probably useful to know both ways because braille music is generally not retranscribed very often so would that be why matthew then the the F clef as a fourth, is it the fourth line? I think is that, it is the fourth see, line. And, and, and yeah. these are things I don't understand about print music, I suppose. Same and this here, is, this same is a here bigger... Stuart, it's a bit confusing. Yeah. I was a... told, I was shown a diagram ages ago mm -hmm. of like the tactile, how, how print is written. I was shown it on a tactile diagram, you know, of all the, um, the five um, lines and that. Yeah. I'm sure I've seen that diagram as well. Um, yeah. I, I also had to learn it all to do when I did GCSE music. 
because you're oh, expected right. to know. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah. We needed to know, Claire. Yeah, but, I've a, I've a bit of a I suppose my 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 opinion on this is is something rather is maybe considered slightly controversial in that I believe mm. these things are challenging enough. And yeah. if sure, people don't sure. need yeah, to know right. them, yeah, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, I kind of, what, what we did, and I was involved for a little while here in um, in supporting some of the uh, some of the state um, music tests. And we kind of told um, the exam, um, the exam commission, rightly or wrongly, just to take that stuff out for Braille users, because it was just too complicated. I, I don't think they lost anything by not seeing it. Now, some people would disagree with that, and that's quite okay. I but... think my teacher was one of them. She was very, oh, you've got to learn plebs. You know? Yeah, and I understand <laughs> I understand the other side. I of think well. it was because, um, you know, I'm, I'm a flute player and I sing as well, so maybe she felt that, you know. Yeah. I yeah. think sometimes it's handy to know if you're playing in a band. Yeah, and I yeah. And, and you definitely... can understand what's being said to other people. Mm-hmm. And definitely, if you're collaborating, yeah, if you're collaborating with sighted musicians, it probably yeah. is good, useful to know. I just never, I never did that. So yeah, yeah. So we will come back to hand signs because that's a, that's another way of doing it in braille music. But we'll come back to that in another session. Okay, so we're going to talk about octave signs, and I I think octave signs are probably the most important or, or one of the most important elements of braille music. And if you understand how they are used and the rules for using them, then you're going to find everything else pretty straightforward. And I think it's really interesting when you talk about octave signs to sighted musicians, the most interesting thing about octave signs is how quickly they get it and how easy they've, and how logical they find it. And certainly for me, when I was hearing about clefs, and I think we talked about this at the last session, somebody saying something like, I can't see that note. I think it's a, it's a high B, but I don't know because it's so far up on the, on the clef because a sighted person couldn't see exactly what it was. You'll never have that complication um, with Braille music. So octave signs are really important and the rules for using them are equally as important, if not, if slightly complicated. So I'll try to explain these and then I'll give you uh, a couple of things, or at least one rule or one comment that is not part of the rules, but certainly I think helps. So there are seven um, octave signs and they range from the seven octaves on the piano. And I have got my piano uh, set up here. Don't have it connected directly to the phone, apologies for that. But I'm told by Roisin from previously that everyone that it should be okay. So the very first octave down here at the very the first C on the piano basically is octave number one, and that's dot four. Now I'm obviously doing C, but obviously um, an octave will start in whatever key you're in. Uh, so octave one goes from that C, the very bottom C, all the way up to the B above. Okay, so that's dot four prior to a note would tell us that we are in the first octave. And you're very seldom going to see first octave braille music. You'll see sometimes, but not a whole lot. Second octave C is the C above, and it goes up to the B above. Sorry. And that's going to be uh, represented by four and five. That's four and five. So we had uh, first octave was dot four, second octave dot four and five the third octave c is going to be the next c and it goes up to the b below middle c and that's represented with dots four five and six you can probably see a 
some kind of logic here. So dots four for the first octave, four and five for the second octave, four, five, and six for the third octave. Fourth octave C is middle C. Everybody knows and loves. And that's represented by dot five on its own. So dot five is fourth octave, goes from middle C up to the B above middle C. Uh, fifth octave C is represented by dots five and six. And that goes from the B, from the C up to the B. And we get up to sixth octave C, which is represented by dots five and six. Goes up to the B above. And then we get to sixth octave C, which is represented by dot six. Okay, so there is a, a bit of a logic. We'll go through them again. So first octave C is dot four, goes up to the B above. Second octave C, dots four and five, goes up to the B above. Third octave C, dots four, five, and six, goes to the B above. Fourth octave C, or middle C, dot five on its own, goes to the B above. Fifth octave C, dots four and six, goes to the B above. Sixth octave C, dot five and six, to the B above. And seventh octave C, dot six. And that goes all the way up to the B, right above that. Uh, I was doing this with a, with a couple of kids, by the way, a couple of weeks ago. We were doing a, a Braille Music um, virtual training thing. I, I, I support some, uh, some kids training here. And one of them very cleverly and very correctly asked me, how do, you, how do you mention, how do you note the C, let's say the B and the A below that first octave C? And how would you note the very top C on the piano. And guess what? I don't know. I was meant to find that out for somebody and I didn't. So uh, if anyone does know, actually, uh, please do let us know. Um, so that's octave signs. The octave sign is always the last sign before a note. There could be other things before, like a slur or tie or, or, or other, other um other signs or markings, and we'll come to markings probably in the next session, but octave sign go pr, octave sign precedes the note with no space. Now there are a few rules for octave signs and their use, and they can seem rather complicated. Um, and there's a little tip I will give you afterwards for using them. If so, let's just use middle C as our marker. So we're going middle C up to B, we're in fourth octave. If the, if the move between notes is um, a third or less, so if it's a second or a third one way going up from C or a second or a third going down from C, you do not need to put in an octave sign. So even though I'm going from C down to A, I'm actually moving from fourth octave C to third octave A, I do not need to put in an octave sign. If the move is a fourth or a fifth, and if that move changes, if that move um, includes a change um, of octave, then you put in the octave sign only where a change of octave is, is included. So for example, in this case of middle C, if I was to go up from C to F, that's a fourth, but I'm still in the same octave, remember, because the octave doesn't change until we get to B. If I go from C to G, I'm still in the same octave, so I don't need to change it. But if I go down, 
I'm going C to G, I'm going down a fourth, I would say fourth octave C, third octave G, because I've gone down past the C uh, where the octave changes. If the music moves more than a fifth, so if it moves a sixth, a seventh, or an eighth, you put in an octave sign regardless. So a great example of this is fourth octave C, going up to A, I have to put in the octave sign. Because if I didn't put in the octave sign, um, a Braille music student, or, or rather a Braille music reader, would, would understandably uh, interpret this as C going down to A, because they would think it's moving a third. So you have to put in the octave sign. So if you're going a sixth, a seventh, or an eighth, regardless, you will put in the octave sign. Now, my added comment to this, and this is not an official Braille music recommendation, is if you're in doubt, just put it in. It doesn't matter. It's going to take up an extra cell. If you're not sure if there should be an octave sign there, put it in. It makes no difference. Better to put it in than leave it out and cause any ambiguity on the part of your reader. Any questions on octave signs? Or is everyone very confused? Well, you're still here. Um, so I think it's just that people are either confused or they or they <laughs> yeah. get it. But a comment from somebody who, who uses them, when you actually read music, or certainly for me when I, when I read music, and I'm generally reading vocal music, um, this whole concept makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I, I've never come across a situation where I've gone, what octave is this in? I've always yeah. kind of felt it, and when I've looked back at it, it's always been right. So even though it seems complicated, it's mm, common sense, at least as far as I'm concerned. And as someone who studied music um, in mainstream uh, in university and was having to ask sighted uh, peers to um, to call out music, to read out music to me, they got this in five minutes. They got the hang of this and thought it was a very, really logical system. People just understood, oh, that's really handy. So yeah, I think if you can get the octave signs into your head and understand how they're used and the rules, it, I think it's one of the biggest things of Braille music. It's Rachel again here. Um, Hi, Rachel. I, um, I was just saying, when I was learning Braille music, the only way my teacher could do it, I mean, yes, she tried to explain that to me, and now I do get it because I've been doing it for a while, but um, yeah. I think the only way is to just get people to read and it's, read and read different music, yeah. you know. And, and actually, Rachel, personally, I found it just good sitting down with a Perkins yeah. and just yeah. writing stuff. And just, yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. And you're, you're spot on. It, it, the, the only I way think to get sometimes this, you can explain it till you're blue in the face, but yeah. you're right, we'll just read and read and read loads yeah. of it. And it's yeah. the same with literary Braille, you know. I mean, I've been teaching that for goodness knows how long <laughs> it's just you'll get used to it and like Stuart says if you're not sure just put the octave in no one's gonna e know exactly exactly yeah. glad someone thinks like me no no I, I agree okay so I, I know there's a lot there and um, it, it's kind of it can it can seem a bit daunting but actually you know you're correct Rachel if somebody if you just take the music and go off and read it take some, get some samples yeah. or sit down at a Perkins. If you have a Perkins yourself and just write a little bit or even on a, on your computer or whatever way on, on your oh, my display. Perkins is my best friend. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay. So that's octave signs and they really are, uh, they really are, I suppose the, the, the foundation of so many things, because when you see something in braille, in, in music, you need to know where you're starting. Um, so without understanding the octave signs and understanding how they work, the music isn't really going to make a whole lot of sense to you. And when you read stuff 
And that's why that's why I always say to people, put it in, put in an octave sign if you're not sure. Because if you leave it out, it really could have, you know, detrimental conse- consequences for the person who's reading your music, especially in an exam situation or if someone's trying to play something. Uh, it's always better to, to put it in if you're if you're uncertain. So if everyone's happy, we're going to go on to talk about intervals. And uh, Matthew made some reference to intervals earlier on, actually, when we were talking about clef signs. So intervals are used a lot in choral music. If you have to do four-part harmony, uh, you'll use these a lot. And it's a way of, um, I guess, um, soprano, alto, tenor, bass. It's a way of just writing this in a relatively straightforward way. Now, I'm going to talk about intervals in the right and left hand because there is a difference. And again, this is another Braille music anomaly that you'll need to get into your head because it's different to what you might expect. If you haven't done this before, you may find this a little different. So just to give you the interval signs first, and I'll play these on the piano so that you understand them. Let's go to start with fifth octave C. So we're in the C uh, just above middle C. C with a second, in other words, a note just below, in other words, the B. So if I was to play those two notes together, I would write fifth octave C. So I'd put dots four, six, followed by C. Let's just say it's a crotchet. Four, six, followed by C, which would be dots one, four, five, six, and a second, which is dots three and four. Okay. So this, the sign for a second. Um, for the interval of a second is dots three, four, so the ST sign. If it's C with an A below it, fourth octave A, or rather third, uh, yeah, fourth octave A, I would put C uh, crotchet, fifth octave C crotchet, and a third, because it's, 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 uh, it's two notes below, and the sign for a third is dots three, four, six, um, which is the contraction for ING. C, uh, fifth octave C crotchet and a fourth, which is the G below, is uh, a fourth, uh, is, sorry, is uh, d- d- uh, three, f- uh, four, five, six. So that's dots three, four, five, six, which is the number sign. And that's a fourth, or, or the interval of a fourth. The interval of a fifth C crotchet, fifth octave C crotchet and a fifth, five notes below it, is dots three and five, which is the IN sign. It's fifth octave C crotchet and the interval of a sixth is dots three, five and six, which is a low J or was. And a seventh is fifth octave C crotchet and dots two and five. So that's the D below the C. And if we want an octave, that's fifth octave C as a crotchet and dots three and six. So each of those signs is going to is going to tell you um, the um, interval or the distance between notes. So just to ref- just to briefly go through those again, and then I'll talk to you a little bit about the difference in between right hand and left hand. Fifth octave C and a second, so the note directly below it, the B below it, when these are played together, it's C, fifth octave C with dots three and four to indicate it's a second. 
fifth octave C and a third is dots three, four, and six for the interval of a third. Fifth octave C with the interval of a fourth is dots three, four, five, six. Fifth octave C and the interval of a fifth is dots three and five. Fifth octave C and the interval of a sixth is dots three, five, and six. Fifth octave C and the interval of a seventh is dots two and five. And fifth octave C and the interval of an octave is dots three and six. Now, in the right hand, which we've been doing so far, um, intervals read downwards. And you might find that a bit disconcerting in a sec when I explain it to you a bit more, because I certainly did. So we start with the top note, which will be the soprano, for example, which is the C. And say we had an, uh, a C and a G played together, that would be C. And a fourth down would be the G, which would be dots three, four, five, six. In the, in the left hand, if I had third octave uh, C and a fifth, that's the G um, above the C. So that would be C with dots um, uh, sorry, three and five. But in the left hand, intervals read upwards. And in my head, I sort of wish they read upwards in both hands. And I'll tell you why. When we think about chords uh, as musicians, even in the right hand, if you have a chord of C with C, E and G, we naturally think, don't we? C, we think we, we in our head, we're humming mm, C, then we're adding E, then we're adding G. But in Braille music, we have to read it back. We have to do the reverse. We have to think G and a third and a fifth is the chord of C. In the left hand, we can do it the way we would expect. C and a third and a fifth. So I kind of wish they read in the same way in both hands, but they don't. You've got to make sure you read downwards in the right hand and upwards in the left hand. Um, if you have a situation where the interval moves more than an octave, so let's say you had fifth octave C and a tenth, which would be, oh, it would be what? Third octave A. Yeah. You would write fifth octave C, third octave sign, and a third. In other words, to tell the person you need to move a full octave plus a third. So you have to put the octave sign in to show you're moving right down. So does that mean um, fifth octave and then third octave sign, then the I and G sign? Is that what you're e saying? Uh, exactly. That's yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, Can I throw the cat among the pigeons here? Please. Okay, since the third octave A is in your left hand, why do you not put, um, a why do you not go a tenth up from A rather like because i'm because this is written in the right hand so the the, the start oh, right. note is the c so i have to go all the way down yes. which is a tenth down but you're right if this was on the left hand if we were doing say third octave c and a f and a and a tenth that would be third octave c followed by fourth octave three four six which is the ing sign and what you might see in choral music are in uh, in four parts harmony would be for example if we were in b flat so here's b uh b flat uh, fourth octave b flat and a third in the right hand or the treble clef 
And in the left hand, we have third octave, uh, B flat, and a fifth. And you would and you would typically in braille music read those um, under each other. So the 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 the, the treble clef or the right hand would have the soprano and um, alto part, and the left hand would have the bass and tenor, and they'd be under each other. They'd be the, all the bars are lined up. But the key thing at the moment is just get used to the intervals. And I think it was Rachel mentioned it a few minutes ago uh, in relation to just practicing um, on the octave signs. I think it's the same for intervals, sitting down with a brailler or, yeah. or yeah. reading braille music. And if you want to really get into intervals, I can't recommend highly enough the uh, the Bach chorales, which I had on in, I don't know, whatever amount of volumes of braille music before. And they, there's there's 370, I think, chorales, isn't there? Um, so there's a whole load of them, and they're great for reading. Can I um, can I throw the cat among the pigeons as well? Please. <laughs> just to just to clarify a couple of things on on intervals because they really confused me when I first read them. Um, the first thing, if you've got interval signs, it means that the two notes have to be played simultaneously, and that's why you write them as intervals and not as separate notes. That that took me ages to get the hang of that. Um, so, so just to put that out there. And the second thing is sometimes you can have multiple. So if you need to write three or four notes simultaneously, um, one other way of writing choral music, for example, and by the way, I absolutely hate it, but you have to deal with it sometimes, is a, a method known as vertical score, where actually you'll just have the bass part. So you'll have a bass C and then you'll have a third above and a fifth above and an octave above, all just written in octave signs. In interval signs, I beg your pardon. Interval, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and and in that oh case, when you have that, all yeah. of the intervals are measured from the starting from note. The the start, yes. They're not yeah. measured from the last interval. So if you have a yeah. if you have a C and then a third and then a fifth, the third sounds E. They always tend to read um, upwards when they're in that mode. The, a, a third would read E and a fifth would read G because it's a fifth from the bass yes, note, not bass a fifth note, from yeah. the third that you've just. Red. And so actually, uh, because Matthew, this is interesting then, if if you were looking at these in the treble clef, would they still read upwards for you? I don't think you'd bother because they um, they, they they would tend to bridge clefs at that point. Um, okay. I, I, I don't see it very often. I tend to see it mostly in hymn tunes and psalm chants, you know, Anglican chants and stuff like okay. that, where it's literally I, just all four parts written out in block. I yeah. actually much prefer reading it that way. I think it depends what you're trying to do with it. Organists absolutely love reading it that way. If I'm trying to sing the alto part and it's written that way, I uh, don't like it so much. It's, yeah, because it's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a soprano, so... Oh, really? Um, yeah, so like I get my bass note and then just go to the, the last And then figure interval. it out. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, hats off to you, because if I get music like that, I write it out. I write my part out on a separate sheet of paper because oh, well, I can't. I think I'd be doing exactly the same. I usually do write my no way I could read that. But, um, yeah. Okay. Um, usually I, I actually, the, the bit that I usually struggle with is, are the, the lyrics. <coughs> I mean, that <laughs> is also true. But 
but yeah, that, that that's hard. But no, it. Uh, I mean, fine for compactness, it's brilliant. I have a copy of the Parish Salter Chance, which sadly is not available anymore because the RNIB Library don't have a BRF of it. Um, but I have a copy of the Parish Salter Chance, which has got like you know three hundred Psalm Chants or something, all in one volume that's under a hundred pages because the whole thing's written out in vertical score with intervals. So it's amazingly compact. It's it's amazing for that, but I can't sing from it. Um, Can just, I ask a question? It's yeah. it's really basic. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm no, not. Please. That's I'm not a musician, really. That's and, why um, we're here. That's what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> when you're when you're saying about intervals, is that basically when you like playing more than one note at the same time? Is exactly. That, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Now, now, now say th and that was. Um, what Matthew was saying that the notes and I should have probably said that when the notes are played together. Now, next time we will talk about something called in accord where you, and this is where, and somebody mentioned this, I think the last session, this is where you might have a crotchet with two quavers underneath it. Uh, but the quavers might be two different notes. So the quavers move obviously quicker than the crotchet because they're half the length. Right. Um, but so the interval of, that you're talking about, that is, because I can only sort of really relate it to when I could see the printed music. So I don't know if this anyone can answer okay, this question. So Is this it's like when you had the two notes written one on top of another? Exactly. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So it, it looks like it's written like like a chord. Yes. Where they're stacked literally on top of each other. Yes. So that's have... what it means by intervals. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. okay. So okay. basically, what, what... when you hear an interval as well, you, you'll hear it as like if I was playing a third, so you would hear the two notes together. And so that's how you write them right. as well. You'd see them. Okay. As, yeah. 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 So I you're see. thinking of two notes together. Don't don't try and think of them as separately. Yeah, yeah. they're all together and they all have the same yeah. values. Yeah. 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 Yes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes. So I yeah, sorry, because when you were saying about it with the so I was thinking it was more to do with singing, but it's for everything. I get that now. Yeah, it's 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 you'll see it a lot in you know harmony keyboard harmony. You'll see it obviously a lot uh, in vocal music, as Matthew says. But yeah, you it it can be used anywhere. It's basically when the the two notes are on the same. Um, yeah, and they're played at the same time, yes. or, or 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 three notes or four yes, notes. You yeah, know, so you could, could have lots. a yeah, yeah, C yeah. a C and a third, yeah. or C and a fifth, and a sixth, and an octave. I didn't realize that example. was called an interval. That's all because I've not really learned. I've only sort of learned bits and pieces from here and there and stuff. And yeah, so that's lovely. It's good to know the terminology. Any other questions about anything from this evening? I have a question. So the yeah. interval, in other words, is another form or is the correct form of writing chords? Or is there a different way to write chords? That's that's the way I would write chords. Uh, I know there are for guitar strumming for for guitar uh, music. There's uh, slightly different ways for for strumming, so you can use the ST sign. But yes, this is how I've always written chords, and I think it's the most straightforward way. A question from Luis Arellano, bringing to a close Braille Music. Let's tackle the basics. Session two, presented by Stuart Lawler and Roisin Dermody, and that took place on Clubhouse yesterday the 31st of May 2021. The next session will be an open forum mid-month on Monday the 14th of June at 8pm. The next teaching session will be on Monday the 28th of June also at 8pm and it's hoping to cover hand signs, in accord, 
ties, slurs, articulation, fingering, and maybe a bit of tonguing as well. We'll see how far we get. Information about all of these sessions, as well as other events from the Braillists Foundation, can be found on the Braillists Foundation website and in the Braillists Foundation newsletter. You can find out more about that at braillists.org forward slash newsletter and sign up at braillists.org forward slash newsletter forward slash sign up. There'll also be some links in the show notes for this episode of Braillecast. Next week, we are going to be bringing you a recording of Braille in the Kitchen, which is the Braillists Masterclass for the 1st of June. There's still time to register for that if you're listening to this nice and early on Tuesday. Braillists.org slash events is where you can find information about that. For now, though, I've been Matthew Horsepool. Thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to email us help at braillists.org if you've got any feedback about this or any other episode of Braillecast. And until next time, bye for now. Thank you.